You're listening to The Fat Boy Show this morning on RX Radio. Nobat Mao is a lawyer and politician. He's 53 years old. He's been president of the Democratic Party since 2010. He's a former member of parliament and also LC5 Gulu Municipality. Well, he is here with us today on The Fat Boy Show in the capacity of the flag bearer for the Democratic Party in the upcoming 2021 presidential elections. Uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Mao. Welcome to The Fat Boy Show. Good morning to you. Thank you very much for giving me the chance. Yeah, a pleasure to talk to you. Now, you have definitely been a man on the political scene for a very, very long time. Some might say you are a, you are a dinosaur. Why not make way for young people to lead the way? I think in, in life, everybody has a role to play. And the, the only people you can call dinosaurs are the people who don't learn new skills and who don't adapt. So definitely that can't be a description of Nobat Mao. <laughs> and and, and uh, my party trusts me, Ugandans trust me. And if I were a dinosaur, I don't think this radio station would have even bothered to call me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that is true. We, we do consider you to be a highly relevant and a powerful political individual in this country. And We, uh, also, we also have the call to... To, to coach younger people, which we do, due to a mix of skills that we have. Mm-hmm. Well, now, let me ask you about uh, your campaigns. How would you say they have been going so far? Um, uh, many of your colleagues have been met with violent resistance from police uh, who have, you know, on occasion, tried to disrupt their events and activities and movements, citing things such as COVID and crowd size and many other reasons that have been put forward. Uh, and uh, several people have lost their lives in ensuing violence resulting from the arrest of one of the opposition candidates. Uh, what is your take on the current climate of the campaigns and how do you feel yours is going in particular? Ugandans love my story. The struggles I've been in, they love the legacy of the Democratic Party and the vision and values that the party stands for. Ugandans are appreciating my message of a peaceful transition. They are appreciating my insistence that this election is not about roads, water, school, health, or electricity. This election is about for once, Ugandan being peaceful change of government, change without chaos and bloodshed. Therefore, Ugandans are responding very well to my campaign. The problems other candidates have faced, I've also faced them, perhaps to a lesser degree, because I've been more proactive. With, we endeavor to engage with the police rather than to dismiss them. We have had some violence, like in Kamuli, where we were thrown out of the municipality. In Bale, we failed to campaign. In Kasese, we failed to campaign. In Bulisa, some three people were injured by tear gas canisters. Now, in Kasese, they said, the police said that it was because it was past the campaigning time. They kept putting roadblocks to delay me. They, they As we entered the municipality, the police deliberately kept delaying us. When we arrived at the ground, there were still a few minutes. And I sincerely believe that the police should be able to exercise discretion 
to as a sole candidate speak to voters. I don't think the police should be there to obstruct candidates. And in any case, uh, there are places where we have campaigned past six o'clock where the police officers have been more reasonable. So it is really a question of what type of police officer you confront. Now, you spoke about, uh, you know, engagement. Can you explain to us how that works? So if you are entering into an area and then a policeman tries to stop you, uh, how is it that you normally handle it? Our first contact with police is not when we are physically entering a district. Our first contact is through our branch leaders. Our branch leaders go and brief the police officers in advance. We don't have to do it, but we think it is important. And somehow that breaks the ice. That allows for cordial exchanges. And even where there is disagreement, uh, the police feels that, you know, you, you can't just start responding with tear gas. I have witnessed instances where the police commanders themselves have been restraining their officers, telling them not to throw tear gas or to release bullets in the air. That is the fruit of prior engagement. It is the fruit of being proactive. So you can't wait until you are entering a district. You can actually have your branch leaders talk to the police officers. Do you feel that this is a strategy that some of your colleagues in the race can employ, those whose uh, campaigns have been met with more violent resistance and altercations? Is this something they could consider, or uh, what are your thoughts? Of it is definitely up to them to decide, but in our campaign, we have objectives. Our objective is to get our message to the voters. So if we have is dramatic encounters with the police, then our messages will not reach the voters. I believe every candidate has got their tactics and strategies. Our strategy is a mixed strategy. There are instances where we have had to defy the police, but we don't defy the law. We defy those who apply the law in a discriminatory manner. Okay. Now, let's talk about your message then, because that's very important. And as you correctly mentioned, because of all the drama, the message gets lost in the sensationalized coverage of these uh, incidences. So let's talk about uh, your message. Uh, Mr. Mao, what is your message to the people of Uganda? What are you promising them that you will do as president? We have uh, recently released a a short document which summarizes the power of our agenda 2021, and we call it Five Pillars, 21 Milestones, 45 Million Dreams. So these five pillars are, we we begin with talks about servant leadership. We think it is not enough to change leaders. It is important to change how we lead. Leaders should commit to the idea that they are servants. The second pillar is reconciling Uganda. Uganda is a deeply hurting country. It needs a reconciler. Thirdly is the shared prosperity. The gap between the rich and the poor is so wide. We need interventions that can help close that gap, giving citizens more opportunities and a stake in the economy. And then the other pillar is ending corruption. 
we think the best way to fight corruption is through personal example. And the fifth pillar is a new consensus. The consensus that was crafted by the Luero Bush people in the form of the 1995 constitution has The constituent parts of Uganda need to sit together again, have a meaningful dialogue, and renegotiate the very idea of Uganda. We need a new consensus as a basis of Ugandans living in harmony. So those five pillars are unpacked further into specific policy interventions that are so clear. We, our manifesto has no vague idea at all. Now, your manifesto seems to have all these lofty ideas that I'm sure would resonate with a lot of people. However, when it comes to the implementation, do you think people should have some concern as to whether you could pull it off if you were president? People might point to some of the tensions that have uh, happened within your own party where there's been a sharp division. Some of uh, the leaders within the party and uh, some of the supporters crossed over to NUP, have pledged their support to them. Uh, What about Fred Mukasambide, who was the DP national vice president? Um, With all these divisions and tensions, and it would seem to some people that uh, you may not be able to manage a system of bureaucrats and administrators if you can't even manage affairs within your own party. What would you say to that concern? We have managed the affairs within our party. That's why the party is still standing. Remember that this party is 66 years old. This party does not lean on any individual. As a journalist, you compare DP to the other parties. Many of the other parties are centered around individuals. If those individual leaders collapse dead today, those parties would be finished. Therefore, if you want to judge DP fairly, you should look at its record. This is not the first time we have had divisions in DP. And DP is not the only party with division. But the media has a tendency to magnify DP's problem and uh, to ignore the positive achievements of, of, of DP. But let me just clarify that the battles inside the DP were between those of us who hold a national vision for the party and those who have a provincialist vision. And the, the party could not have those two tendencies coexisting because they are mutually exclusive. What do you, you mean by provincial uh, vision? Can you explain there that? There are those who think someone from Acholi cannot lead DP. You have heard them talking. Mm. Uh, there, there, there are those who act as if DP is one of the clans of Uganda. And uh, we, 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 we told them in no uncertain terms that DP is a national party and its aspirations are national. So that was a very healthy fight. I don't regret that conflict because it has sieved uh, out the parochial provincialists from the party. And perhaps they have now gone where they are more comfortable. For us, we will rebuild the party on its founding vision, which is national. And how good do you believe your chances are this time around? This is not the first time you're running for president. You stood against Museveni in 2011 and you lost, having only garnered 1.86% of the national vote. What makes you think uh, things will be different this time? It is my duty to campaign as best as possible. 
and uh, as a Democrat, I leave the results to the voters. We are concerned about the environment in which we are campaigning. The elections are not free and fair. But I can tell you, it is a worthwhile fight. It is worthwhile for us to be out there telling people about DP and its vision. And uh, I believe, ultimately, DP will govern this country, whether it is Norbert Mao at the helm or not. My fight is for the party and its ideals. It's my duty to carry the party flag. That's the one I put ahead. I don't put ahead my personal interests and ambitions. Let's now talk about some of the interesting things you've said on the campaign trail. Uh, recently, while you were in the Teso region, you said that uh, you would instead empower the parliament to make more decisions if elected. You also said that you would vest more powers into the prime minister who will be responsible for handling national issues on behalf of the president. Uh, why do you think that's the right approach to take? The biggest problem in Uganda is the winner-take-all mentality in politics. We are proposing, for instance, a government of national unity as a transitional arrangement. And it is during that transition that some of the proposals we have put forward can be implemented on the basis of dialogue and consensus. Now, the idea of a parliamentary system of government is very attractive to me because it invests power in parliament. And parliament is the house which has representatives. Right now, supreme power is with the, the president. Everything revolves around the president. The president is the center of the solar system of our politics. We believe that we should have a ceremonial president and that position should be held on a rotational basis. All the building blocks of Uganda, be it Busoga, Buganda, Teso, West Nile, Kigezi, they should have a chance to present someone who can be elected by parliament to be the head of state. Ceremonial as it is, that kind of proposal Assume that there is no community which doesn't have a distinguished citizen who can exercise the power of head of state and uh, be a symbol of unity of Uganda. People don't know that Israel has a president. People don't know that Germany has a president. People don't know that India actually has a president. So those are the proposals and we are capable of unpacking them further for Uganda and appreciate better. Now, this one is a very interesting story, uh, and I don't know if it's true. You can confirm for me. Is it true that on the 18th of November, you directed your counsel to take legal steps to file criminal charges against Bebe Cool for flouting COVID-19 rules? Yes, I directed our National Legal Advisor, Counsel Narukola Luimbazi, to, to get criminal summons against Bebe Cool. Why? The reason is, the reason is that the, 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 the government will never prosecute him. But they are prosecuting other people, including presidential candidates like uh, Amuriat and uh, Chagulani. So, in order to show our vigilance, we think it is only fair that we we prosecute him privately. 
The reason is that while President Museveni is pretending to be holding scientific campaigns, he puts up a tent, gathers a few people, and everybody is wearing a mask, and he's standing over 30 meters away from the people. He has hired other people who are moving around. And one of them is Bebe Kool moving around like the Pied Piper of Hamelin <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the crowd following him. <laughs> so we, we, we are actually assisting the government to prosecute him if indeed the aim of the police is to prevent the, the, the infection of uh, citizens. Okay, so in other words, it's a, it's a call for consistency in the way the laws are applied. If you're going to go after people for flouting COVID rules, it shouldn't only be uh, opposition politicians or members of their campaigns. We, we have a duty to demand equality before the law. And that rule should be applied equally. For instance, I was in a place called Nagongera. The NRM had a, a big function and police was nowhere to be seen. Baby cool processions are guarded by police. Whereas, as I drove through Busia, I was standing behind a pickup, waving to the people. The police was trying to run me out of town. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that wasn't nice. And it's certainly not fair that it's selectively applied, these rules. The, the equality before the law mm. is a constitutional provision in the Ugandan constitution. But it looks like the police looks the other way. I see the election chairman is now behaving like Pontius Pilate. He has watched his hand and he, he pretending that he's capable of calling anybody to order, including the man who appointed him. I think it is a, a charade. So our criminal case is basically to expose the mockery that the so-called uh, COVID rules okay. are. So it wasn't just a symbolic gesture. This is a serious, serious uh, pursuit of justice on your part. You're actually going after this. You're pursuing this case. It, it is serious. As I talk now, we have contacted a lawyer in Gulu because Bebe Kool committed that offense in Gulu. And it is in the magistrate court of Gulu where we are going to file the, the criminal case and extract the criminal summons. So this is not just about drama. We are dead serious about prosecuting Bebe Cool. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, we'll keep an eye on the proceedings and see where that case goes. Now, um, what would you say to people who think that actually what the opposition party people should be doing is to come together, they should have coalesced and formed a united front against the incumbent by having so many candidates from so many parties and as also as individuals running that you are splitting the vote that could have possibly uh, overwhelmed whatever votes the incumbent might have received. So now the incumbent might find himself sailing to victory yet again. As DP, we have been championing the building of a coalition. We organized the reunion we provided a platform for all opposition parties. We were at the center of building the momentum of the people power movement. We presented a concrete document titled a framework for a grand people's coalition, which had three pillars. The first pillar was a program of action for a transitional government of national unity. 
The second pillar was what we call the one-to-one model, where one opposition candidate faced the NRM at every election. And then thirdly, regional targeting to maximize the application of the mega resources we have. For instance, in vote protection, we propose that each political party should be assigned a particular sub-region where it can focus its campaign on and the present candidate and also appoint polling agents. None of those proposals was seriously embraced. So I don't like the crocodile tears. Some people are crying now that we should unite, we should unite. There was an ample opportunity to unite, but because of selfishness and arrogance, we missed that opportunity. But I can tell you, nobody should even dare point the finger at DP because we did our best. That's the reason why we were the last to present signatures. We had the hope that we would agree on a single candidate. That's the reason why many people were wondering when DP would present its presidential candidate. So I think we should now wait for the verdict of the people. Unfortunately, because of failing to listen to DP, NRM candidates are likely to snatch parliamentary seats because they will win with minimum percentages, maybe even 20%. Whereas the presidential vote, any vote which is not for Museveni is a good vote because you require over 50% to win. So it was a lost opportunity then on your part, wasn't it? And on the part of your fellow opposition. We did as DP. No one should blame us. Uh, I think it is other parties that uh, were thinking they could pull a fast one on anyone. Even now, the, the talks are not based on substance. They are more, they are more personality-driven coalitions. And, and DP cannot be part of that all the time. We have learned our lesson. 1986, our leaders coalesced around Yoweri Museveni because he had guns and he had taken over government. We paid a high price. In 2001, our leaders again coalesced around Kanokiza Besige. DP kept on losing. So this time we have taken our strong stand and let the people judge. We have no apologies for presenting our, ourselves and our agenda to the people of Uganda. Okay. Well, uh, I wish you uh, much luck, uh, Mr. Nobat Mao. Thank you so much for speaking to us here on the Fat Boy Show. This is RX Radio. Can you tell our listeners where they might go to find information, more information about your manifesto, your plans, and your proposed policies? I, we are going to, to, to send that information out to you. You are going to get a PDF, PDF copy of our manifesto. Uh, we actually have a campaign blog. Uh, we need to send you the link so that you can follow us every day. Uh, unfortunately, our website has delayed because of some disagreement with the, our contractor. But uh, I promise that through our my my social media handles, a lot of that information will be available. Okay. Well, thank you so much and uh, all the best to you and to your campaign. Thank you very much to Alex Radio and to you for having me. God bless you. Have a nice day, sir.
Tech, games, sports, politics, jobs, money, relationships, movies, music, and entertainment.